1: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And welcome in. I'm Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark. This is GC Live or the Gamecock Central Podcast, depending on if you're watching us live on YouTube. Facebook, or Twitter, or you're listening later on on our Gamecock Central Podcast Network. Either way, appreciate you being here. Appreciate you joining us as we roll along. I see all the usual suspects are here. Russ, um, David Williams in the house. I don't think that's the David Williams that played running back for South Carolina, but we got (laughs) a David Williams in the house. Frederick Cooper, Peter Hongwell, Kyle Jackson, Go ahead and shout everybody out that's joining us here already. And I see everybody's learning to hop on YouTube. Nothing against the other platforms, but that is the superior platform, I believe, for GC Live. So if you're on there, go ahead, do me one more favor today. What's up, Robert? Hit the like button if you're not subscribed go ahead and subscribe on GC Live. We are of course as always brought to you by affordablemedicalusa.com 803-926-1493. But we'll um, we'll mix it up. We'll tell you about the game day chair a little bit later on today. But Chris talking key matchups and we, we don't have a uh, we don't have a random guest today. I'm actually working. I don't, I don't know if y'all follow if our listeners follow SEC Stat Cat on Twitter if you're into analytics at all or stats like Russ is follow sec stat cat on twitter i don't even know dude's real name i don't even know if he puts it out there or not but really really good stuff from those guys i guess i, I don't i don't know i don't even know is it multiple people is it one main guy i don't know anyway somebody from those guys are going to hopefully be joining us friday Working through that right now, we're going to try to get them on and uh, sort of give a little bit of a different take, I would say, on South Carolina. But for today, we're just breaking down the game, continuing to look at matchups, answering your questions, and we also uh, are going to talk a little bit of recruiting because we haven't talked a lot of recruiting this week. Recruit of the week will be later on. Spoiler alert, it's going to be somebody that's been the recruiter of the week again because they continue to just put up massive numbers and because they actually are very good about putting up their highlights as well, which makes it easy for us as far as video to get that out there too. By the way, Chris, what, what are you drinking over there, man? I knew you were going to make fun. So I'm drinking green tea
0: an homage to uh, Josh Yellman and Pearson Fowler at 107.5 in their honor. Green tea. Need a little caffeine. Pick me up. Okay. Oh, oh, you can't see that. Other uh, way, yep. The, the Braves Cup. Yeah, they need tonight. all the good vibes they can get. So We're going to win by 20 runs tonight, so it's going to be great. Yep. Um.
1: By the way, so Craig uh, – what's up, Craig? Um. He asked let, – let's go ahead and hit we'll – let's sort of make this a very interactive show. Some yeah. Sometimes we plan stuff, guys. Sometimes we just hop on here and talk. I don't know if y'all can tell which days are which, but this is a hop on here and talk, be completely honest. So we'll sort of let y'all steer it, I guess. But Chris, have have you seen – so I I was watching – this morning I was watching Arkansas and um, Auburn from last week, and they were talking about this, the splits that Bo Nix has on the road – Versus in the in his friendly confines, which I mean, this is the most Auburn dude ever. You know, was like <laughs> destined to play at Auburn, right? And I think it was Matt Stinchcomb was like, well, obviously he's more comfortable here. Like he he lived here his whole life, sorta. Um, kid was born and bred to play at Auburn. But Craig, I haven't seen those actual numbers. Specifically, if you have them, you know, feel free to shoot them over, and I'll share them with everybody. But that that is an interesting underlying, you know, storyline with this. Now, granted, I think you look, and obviously, this ain't eighty thousand people at williams price Stadium, so it's it's not a usual home field advantage that you would have at South Carolina any other year, but. You know, may, maybe this extends beyond just crowd noise. Maybe this is about comfort level, travel. I, I don't I don't know. Well, maybe. I, I don't know what the sample size is either. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry, I didn't mean. I thought
0: my thing paused there, and I thought you were done. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So, Bo Nix was in Ryan Helensky's class, so 2019 class. So, last year was his first year. And going back, I think he didn't start the A&M game. That was actually, um, what's his face? Uh, Well, Joey Gatewood was in there some. Bo Nix did play against A&M. So last year, who's who they played? They played at Texas A&M, at Florida, at Arkansas, at LSU. And they actually played that neutral site game against Oregon that they won 27-21. So they beat A&M and Arkansas, very handily beat Arkansas. So the two road losses last year – that I'm seeing are, are Florida and LSU. LSU, three-point loss. They're the national champs. They steamrolled about everybody except Auburn, <laughs> you know, um, had, had another close one or two. And then Florida, they lost that one by nine. And then, of course, this year, uh, Auburn lost to Georgia on the road, and Georgia's really good too. So those are the ones I saw. So what would that be, three road losses? Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on that.
1: But, yeah, um, and I, well, I think um, apparently statistically his numbers just mm-hmm. – I don't know what, what it is, you know, wins versus losses, but statistically his numbers yeah. are not as strong on the right – now some of that, I mean, it sounds like you're playing really good competition. You know, numbers yes. numbers can, can tell us a lot sometimes, but other times it's just about matchups. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, you know, it's one of those things where it, it is sort of still – A small sample size with Mm -hmm. him career-wise, and I I think he's still he's still a a fairly young player. Yeah, you know we we're pretty from. I think if you watch a lot of SEC ball, you're you're familiar with his name at least because he's you know he's thrown into the mix as a true freshman, much like Ryan Holinsky last year. But um, you know. And uh, Bryce says numbers are numbers and they don't lie. I would say numbers can lie to you. Numbers, while factual, you can bend numbers as far as how you present them to show one thing. And also sometimes it's sort of – maybe it's correlation. It's not causation necessarily. Like it might not be that he doesn't perform on the road because he's on the road it may be that he has not performed on the road because he's played really good defenses on the road, potentially, you know, or really good teams, and, and there's more pressure on you. So I, I don't know. That, that's something, it is something to watch. We'll see. But so our, our big thing today is we, we said matchups. And, the, you know, I, I did that partially because I've already looked into this. So it was easy research for me. And we're going to say key matchups here. And, and it can really be phrased any way you want, Chris. So it could be a player versus a player. It could be more generalized. It could be more specific. And I'm going to give you one of mine. That if you're not a Gamecock Central uh, newsletter subscriber, another free thing you can subscribe to, um, the easiest way to do that would be to go to the Insiders forum or our FGF forum and sort of check that out. Hit subscribe there. You'll get a newsletter every day that'll tell you what's going on in Gamecock Nation that day. So as part of that, we did three um, matchups today. And one of those matchups for me, Chris was Kevin Stills blitz packages, basically versus Colin Hill. And, that for me, that's it's sort of mu- sort of sort of multifaceted. One, Colin Hill, throughout his career, his numbers have been very very good against the blitz. Combine that with the fact that South Carolina in pass protection has been hit or miss this year. Auburn's pass rush, with just four guys, has been hit or miss at best, more miss than hit. I think, and great athleticism at linebacker and Kevin still one of the things they said in that broadcast was that Kevin still said his two best pass rushers were actually his two linebackers um you know so these guys are going to be coming after Colin Hill at some point and it's going to be up to him it's not even necessarily always going to be a physical thing it's going to be about knowing who your hot route is getting guys moved around to the right spot getting the ball out quick if you're outmatched or outnumbered. So for me, my first major key is Kevin Still and the Blitz versus Colin Hill, both mentally and physically, getting the football out in a hurry. Yeah, that's
0: a good one. I mean, um, there were some plays. There was a play against Vanderbilt where I don't remember if a pressure even came, but Colin Hill, uh, Will Muschamp discussed it, put Nick Muse on a hot. That was a big explosive play for them. So – that, this is where knowing the offense so well comes into play now you still have the aspect of can you get the ball out so that's going to be up to South Carolina's offensive front it's going to be up to Colin to get up the ball out quickly to navigate the pocket to climb the pocket sometimes and to not take sacks so that's certainly a significant aspect of it um here's one for me I think uh, if I'm supposed to go ahead and give mine Auburn's uh, so perimeter play You know, this isn't necessarily a one-on-one. I think just perimeter play in general. South Carolina's perimeter players versus whatever Auburn presents you on the perimeter, which can be a lot, right? That can be Bo Nix scrambling around a little bit or buying some time. Um, That can be Seth Williams, whoever he's matched up against, whether it's J.C. Horn or whether it's Johnny Dixon, whether it's Israel McQuamu he can obviously present you with a lot of issues because he's a big physical receiver. Um, Is it JJ Pegues, the 300 pound tight end who's out there blocking in space on some screens, Anthony Schwartz, maybe the fastest player in the country. Auburn definitely has it in their offensive package to get him out on the edge, you know, um, or to send him deep. You know, they, they do, they've done some things in the past with him in the run game that can certainly present you some issues. Tank Bigsby out on the edge in the perimeter. If you get him into space and get him loose, he's broken a lot of tackles this year. Sean Shivers, if he's back, one of their small running backs who can really make things happen on the perimeter. I think that's where we've seen some weaknesses for South Carolina this year. We saw it against Florida, you know, one-on-one matchups. We saw it against Tennessee, some one-on-one matchups that they lost. Vanderbilt didn't have the horses to really exploit that. Auburn's got some guys that can. And so, you know, we're talking about up front play a lot. We're talking about third down conversion rates. Those are all important, but Auburn could come because we've seen it, you know, in the Tennessee game this year, they were awful on third down. They won the game because of some one-on-one matchups, a lot of them on the perimeter. So I think that's going to be a key for South Carolina in this game.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. And I think there's, there's probably, we could probably sit here and throw 10 different things out there as keys. And, it's going to be, I believe, such a close game that I'll, probably in, any little matchup you can grab probably has a factor at, at some point. But, but yeah, the, I think the two we've mentioned are certainly big ones. And, yeah, so Craig just tweeted me, these are the numbers from 2019, from Craig? Correct? Yes. So, I mean, there, and, again, there could be a million reasons why, but – just taking them at face value here, 59.5% completion percentage for Bo Nix last year at home, um, 59.5% at home, 50.5 away. So and if you're completing just 50% of your passes, no matter what stadium you're in, that, that's not going to get it done, I, I feel like, in the SEC. Um, average yards per pass, 7.1 at home, 5.8 on the road. Nine touchdowns at home, six touchdowns on the road, just two interceptions at home, and four picks on the road. So there, there is—I mean, there is a very distinguishable difference there. Looking back at last year, why you know, or if that continues, is that just how it's played out, or is that predictive? Um, you know, as far as something that could happen this weekend, I, I don't know, and I—I—I I, I really wonder what the average difference is between a quarterback. At home and on the road, because sometimes I think your play calling is affected. Your, uh, as far as getting in and out of a play, your obviously your pass protection can be affected because of crowd noise when you're on the road and having to go silent count sometimes and, and teams being able to basically time out your snap count on the road. So uh, so we'll see. I mean, I don't know, Chris, do you think you think that's a major factor this weekend? Not not as
0: significant because – so here's one thing. I mean, Bo Nix, two of those road games that we mentioned last year were against two really good teams, Florida and LSU, you know, and uh, LSU struggled on defense this year. But last year they were pretty good. They are certainly great on offense, but they were pretty good defensively for a lot of the year. And Florida, you know, had some salty saltiness about their defense too. So, you know, you mentioned four interceptions on the road for Bo Nix. One, one of them is in one game – or three of them were in one game. You know the Florida game was one touchdown, three interceptions. You look at the LSU game. Um, he and Joe Burrow both threw one touchdown, one interception each. Both were sacked three times. Burrow had like three hundred something yards and and thirty something completions. Bo Nix didn't put up nearly that. hundred something yards and far less completions. You know both. You know Joe Burrow was obviously probably the best player in college football last year and had an elite receiving core too. Wouldn't say Bo Nix had that. So I do think some of it was competition last year. Some of it was he's a freshman, you know, so, and like you said earlier, Wes, I think small sample size. So, you know, could it play in a little bit? I mean, is it tougher to play on the road than at home? I think in, in a lot of cases, yeah. But the South Carolina team isn't up to w- the standard of what those two teams that we're talking about, the road losses last year, where you get those four interceptions from, you know, they're not LSU from last year. They're not Florida from last year. Um, not to say it won't be a challenge for, for Knicks because it could be, particularly if the offensive line's not playing well for Auburn. Um, but I don't know that I take away – I don't know that it's a huge storyline to me personally, you know, going into the game.
1: Yeah, and we'll um, we'll certainly see how it, how it plays out. As Russ says, got to wrap up Tank. Um, Tank Bigsby being a guy we're all familiar with, I, I think if you follow South Carolina recruiting at all, you've heard the name Tank Bigsby. Certainly on the All Name Team, I would say, I would say he's a national All Name Team, not just a conference. Oh yeah, All SEC Name Team. Tank on a national All Name Team, but also, man, I mean, he's very quickly. Brian Matthews said it yesterday. He's very quickly maybe become their best offensive weapon. And dude, I went back Georgia game. Dude was like their leading rusher, leading receiver, and leading return guy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you look and he's – physically he can hold up catching the football and rushing the football and doing all the stuff in the return game with a lot of reps, basically, and has been able to hold up as a freshman playing in this league so far. Um, Which I I think, again, probably – to sort of combine a couple of things here, Kevin Harris versus Auburn's linebackers. And that was one of my keys as well. Basically, this this Auburn front, and we talked about it yesterday. Brian Matthews said, you know, the linebackers aren't the biggest. They are, they're very athletic. I don't know if you can go sideline to sideline against these guys much unless you use some type of misdirection to get them going the wrong way. They're going to run sideline to sideline. But can a Kevin Harris wear down these Auburn smaller linebackers as this game progresses? Can South Carolina in this sort of more power-oriented rushing attack wear down this front? A front, Chris, that really has not rotated a lot of guys on the defensive line so far, certainly not successfully. Now, defensively, they're going to be getting some guys back, certainly in the secondary. Um so then the other side of that, though, dude, is Tank Bigsby. Similarly, I mean, this guy brings energy. He's tough to hit. He's tough to bring down. He's going to be trying to wear down South Carolina's front as well. And who sort of wins that that little battle within the battle, even though they're, they're never – I always think it's interesting when you talk about football matchups. They're not going to be on the field at the same time. So there's really no – Tank versus Kevin. But as far as Kevin versus the Auburn linebackers and Tank versus South Carolina's linebackers, I mean, you kind of got a feel Ernest and tank are going to be meeting in the hole quite a bit. And then, you know, Harris and McLean are going to be meeting in the hole quite a bit. And who uh, who's surviving that in the fourth quarter is going to have a pretty good chance.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's Will Muschamp talks a lot about Kevin Harris and how, as the game goes along, he gets better because people are, you know, he, he loves to say there's nothing soft to hit on him, you know, but people people get tired of trying to tackle the guy. Some similarities with Tank, they're different types of backs, you know, but but Tank has really shown that he does not mind contact. He'll welcome it. Uh, he, can, he can get around guys. He can run through guys. He can run through contact, break tackles. And so for South Carolina, they've got to get into – You know, don't let him get in that rhythm. Don't give him that many opportunities. Get into gang tackling opportunities. Get him on the ground when you can. Get Auburn into some situations. What you want in this game is to not let it be a a game that Auburn can dictate on the ground, right? You want third and nine where you can try to get Bo Nix into some situations where Auburn's probably going to be passing the football. And then you can try to tee off and see if you can exploit some of these perceived, you know, chinks in the armor up front. That's what you want, and so a key to that, obviously, is is going to be slowing tank. You know, he's is he going to? I think he's going to have some plays in this game. Auburn's going to make some plays offensively with the skill guys that they've got, but just limiting them, not limiting explosive plays, not letting him break tackles, not getting worn down on the ground, letting Auburn dominate in that fashion.
1: Yeah, let's hit a couple of our questions here, Chris, before we get rolling too far. Um, There's a question earlier I'm going to go try to bring up from Peter, I think. Yeah, there it is. So, uh, Peter says lots of restaurants and other things are opening up fully lately. Any idea when we might be able to get more into the stadium and help with that home feel? I, Chris, I, I don't think that's going to happen necessarily anytime soon based on what you're seeing around the league right now. I mean, you look and, – and even whether – whether it's right or wrong to put more people in the fan in the stands or not, I don't even want to get into it and debate it. And everybody's gonna agree or disagree on that, and that's fine. But just from the perception of it, Nick Saban has COVID. Florida is canceling a game this week because of COVID. Ole Miss is in a situation right now where they, you know, it's going through their team as well. This really, and to answer your other question, I believe that's still up to the state. And South Carolina would have to get approval for any new plan. They had to to get approval from the state for their current plan. Just like basketball, you know, both men's and women's basketball, they'll have to submit a plan as far as fans go for those games as well. So I honestly think you're probably looking at 2021 and next season before you have – many more fans in the stands. You, I mean, is that the vibe you get as well, Chris? Have you heard any talk about trying to get more guys, more people in there, I should say, for the final um, half of the schedule? No, yeah, so I haven't heard anything, number one. And number two, so here's something to,
0: I think, consider. I'm not – I am I'm not uh have not in, been involved in any, like, litigation on this, so I'm not trying to lawyer it. But <laughs> what I do know is, you know, recently – It was announced that, as as the question said, restaurants had the ability to go to 100%. What I heard um, that we were told by someone, I think, in the restaurant business was that you could open up to 100% capacity if you could still distance. You know, you still had to follow. It's not like open up and just pack everybody in there. So when you're thinking about a packed stadium, you're still going to need to, under that order, you're still going to need to be able to distance. Now, could you get 20,000 more people in the stadium and, and still distance properly? Yeah, probably. Um, but so far there hasn't been anything that we've heard, no indications that we've heard about trying to put more people in the stadium. And you're exactly right, man. We could argue both sides until we're blue in the face or let everybody argue about whether or not that's a good idea, but organizations like, the sec like the ncaa any organization they do have to worry about pr and perception and things like that and that's why you're exactly right i mean how much egg did dan mullen have on his face when he talks about packing the stadium and then the next day his team has a COVID outbreak now are they related no not necessarily at all but he took a lot of heat for it and so organizations
1: typically think about things like that yeah no doubt um For Jay asking, nothing new today on Jalen Brooks. Still wait and see on that, as far as we know. So we'll continue to wait, as um, is almost always the case with the NCAA. Should we go to recruit the day here, Chris? Let's hit recruit the day. Actually, why don't you tell everybody real quick about the game day chair? Yeah, so the game day chair is from Affordable
0: Medical Equipment, local company, Right there in West Columbia, Chris opening a new shop soon, still working on it. Looking forward to getting out there and bringing you some more uh, thoughts and content on the game day chair. But if you want to check it out, super comfortable, awesome game day chair. Uh, It's a Netflix chair. It's a posting on Gamecock Central chair with your laptop, whatever you want it to be. But from the comforts of your home when you're watching the games, college football, day, NFL, whatever you want to watch. Check out the game day chair. Go to affordablemedicalusa.com. It's called the Maxi Comfort Cloud with Twilight Technology, which is the lay flat, zero gravity position. Get rejuvenated, get comfortable. Check out the game day chair. The link is in the YouTube description as well. So we appreciate their support and we would love if you guys would check out their product.
1: Chris, do you have our uh, recruit of the day stats still in front of you? I can effort those very momentarily. Uh, All right, so no surprise here, um, <laughs> but recruit of the day for this week, or recruit of the week. I don't know why I keep saying recruit of the day. Recruit of the week is our man Gunner Stockton, yep. and I mean when when you have limited, not everybody's playing, and the fact that it's a quarterback. <laughs> I mean there there's opportunities right to put up big big plays and big numbers. And that's what Gunner just keeps doing. So Gunner Stockton is again our recruit of the Week. What are those stats for him, Chris? So his high school
0: won big over East Jackson 70-36. to 36. So Gunner had uh, 415 passing yards. He was 18 for 22. And he also had a total of six touchdowns, which he's typically done via ground and air. So you'll see in his highlights, he's got you know, obviously showing off the skill set with some of both, some some runs, see the touchdown run here, some passes. Obviously a dual threat guy and another huge week for him. I think he had one maybe a week or two ago where he scored, what was it, seven touchdowns, West, So he's uh, certainly
1: put up some huge numbers this year. You know, he's kind of gotten to the point already, Chris, as a junior. It's like some – it's kind of like if – if LeBron James scores 25 points and then has 10 boards and 10 rebounds, it's just like, okay, well, you know, he's LeBron James. Yeah. So that's just like what he's supposed to do. Like if, if if a random, if just a random kid scored six touchdowns in a game, they'd be like, you know, they'd be like calling their grandma after the game talking about, Grandma has scored six touchdowns. Gunner rushes for three touchdowns and runs for three touchdowns. Like every week, it's just yeah. expected.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's absurd. He, so he's he's on his way. We'll have to do like a, a record check to see how close he is. He, entering this season, he had a chance to break some records. And I, I would think if he keeps up this pace – that he's certainly going to have a chance to do that, but yeah, it's an it's almost an every game occurrence, you know, for him to have a more pedestrian game is rare. They did have one this year against Jefferson, uh, which features Malachi Starks, who's really really good, 2022 prospect out of Georgia that South Carolina's offered a bunch of others, and uh, that was a really good football team. And Gunner didn't have a huge game that game, but shoot, that's that's a rarity, you know, um, and I think. His team was a little bit probably overmatched that week. But they've, they've got a good squad. They're putting up a ton of points with, with J. Bo Shaw there as the head coach, and Gunners certainly having a huge season again.
1: Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit again because we have had some questions there on the board about the running game, about really about running backs and what South Carolina's approach will be moving forward. Chris, from what I've heard, they're very excited about – um, Caleb Juju McDowell, the other commitment for 2021, um, obviously still committed. They lost Interior Brown, that was sort of expected. But when you look at that running back room right now, the fe- the, the conversation because of the emergence of Kevin Harris, I would say has kind of changed, and it, it looks a little bit different. We knew they would have Marshawn Lloyd back next year, but to have back Kevin Harris and Marshawn Lloyd plus a Deshaun Fenwick, a Zaquandre White would be back, Rashad Amos a year older, then add Juju McDowell to the mix as well. I think you really – now, that's not to say they won't take another running back if if an absolute just stud pops up and wants to come. They're not going to turn him down, especially if it's a speedy guy because they want to add speed. That's one thing I think they're still lacking. We we've talked about this from the very beginning. 2021 class getting faster has been a huge priority for them. But I I think you look at McDowell and rivals was actually at his game um, this past week. And you look at him, he's not, he's not the biggest dude in the world, but he is incredibly explosive. And that's something that I I think we're going to see. I'm going to try to pull this up right now, if it'll work. Um you know, I, I think he's a guy that is going to help South Carolina next year, and I, I'm hoping. Is that audio going over our voices right now, Chris? Now I hear it very quietly. In okay. The, sort of in the um, what are you? What are your thoughts, Chris, on, on McDowell?
0: So, I think, uh, and for those of you who are not on Gamecock Central, you should check out this piece because uh, Chad Simmons is actually talking over it and has some, has some pretty cool thoughts. He's seen McDowell a few times. Um, so he's an interesting prospect because, like you said, he is not the biggest guy, and he can run away from some guys at the high school level. I don't think he has, like, elite speed. But what he is is he's elusive. He's got some versatility. He can catch the ball. He runs the ball tougher than you would think with his size because he's built so big in the lower body. We talked about it on some previous shows where, you know, he's got a, a 600-pound squat. Now, that may be a, a high school squat, as I might call it, where is it a is it a 600-pound squat in college? I don't know, but the kid can throw up a bunch of weight. He's extremely strong in the lower body, and that's why at this level he breaks more tackles than maybe you'd even anticipate, but he's pretty good in space. He can even run between the tackles. Um, and he's a versatile guy. And I think he's someone that South Carolina could use in a variety of ways and could be a, an interesting uh, prospect for them.
1: Yeah, and no, I think you like, uh, from what Chad has said, you like the energy. Like, this is one yeah. of those kids that that brings, as we talk about when we talk about Zaquandre White, he brings some juice. You know, he brings something to the room, to the huddle. You already have a really nice running back room, uh, you know, from a personality standpoint, or at least from – Uh, you know, a standpoint of being good, you know, good kids and and guys that get along well. And I think someone like him comes in, probably can help potentially in the return game. If you need it, you get him outside in space, maybe can be a slot guy as well. I I think there are a number of different ways that you could use Juju McDowell within this offense. And, you know, and like I said, we'll see how quickly he's ready. But just from a sort of little different skill set standpoint. I think that's one thing you're always trying to stack in recruiting is guys that have a bring a little bit different something to the table. And I I think you look at Juju McDowell and he has that. Before we sort of and let's we'll talk about a little bit more recruiting, but before we get to more South Carolina recruiting, I've got to ask y'all have y'all seen the commitment video going around on Twitter right now from Christian Zachary defensive end out of Georgia if you have not everybody don't close this page but if you're on a computer and you can open another tab go to twitter.com/rivals chris i would like to explain this to everyone but I don't really know if I know how.
0: Can't find the words. It it is um it is
1: indescribable. In my in my book. Do you, do you want to give it a shot or? No, nah, I do, but
0: I, I don't I don't have anything. I mean I really don't. I think the one per- so the person I thought of that could win something to this. And maybe you have something. Do you have anything? Well, I know you're gonna say Kev Shea. Yes. So I've got to find it. So Kev Roche, if he has not already seen that seeing this will will be sent a link later. And I will ask him to give his breakdown as only he can. And I'm sure he'll come up with something fantastic. But this. So correct me if I'm wrong. This is a commitment video. And he, the, the school choice is not actually revealed here. Right. Not to play spoiler.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to play the entire thing because it's like four, it's four plus minutes. But this is the most interesting commitment video I've ever seen. Yes. And even and, and you know what? I'm I'm not like I'm not bagging on it. Like most commitment videos these days end up being sort of similar, same deal. Um, I worked really hard. I'm gonna push around some weights. And I'm going to show that I'm working out. Here's some video of me running around catching a football. And, hey, I'm committed to so-and-so, right? Right, yeah. So, uh, A plus, 4.0 GPA, five out of five stars on the creativity. Oh. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. not knocking that. Whatever, whatever your way of, of rating something is, 100%. Dig it. It's it's different now as those of you who are watching can see. But then but then the uh and Howard says some anime stuff there. I'm sure there are some references here that I just don't get. Like I'm sure as I was watching, it was sort of one of those things y'all know as you get older and people bring up like if you see kids say stuff and you're like, um, you're like I I don't know I don't know what that means. So I, I was like, there's probably some references in here that I'm just not getting. The, the interesting thing was that he then committed to the seven. I, is that right? <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, the way he said that was funny. Um, Yes. Yes, he did.
1: Yeah. But then did not um, – and, and it's – I mean, I guess it's doing what it was meant to do, which is get people talking. And I know, obviously, yeah. we're sort of all South Carolina all the time. All, all we generally talk about on the show is South Carolina, but this one was so different, I had to share. Dude, Chad. this guy's gonna be all over, the name, image, likeness. This cat's gonna own it. Oh, it that is a great out. point. Yeah. So, so Chad Simmons, who again I say does as good a job as, as anybody with um, covering recruiting in Georgia. He's got an interview up, <laughs> and it, I mean, Chad handled this as well as you possibly could, and the headline is, uh, Christian Zachary commits, question mark, <laughs> Yeah, but he refers to himself as Reverend Seven on Twitter, which is why the whole Seven thing is there, so... So, Chad and, and the final seven are Alabama, Colorado, Georgia, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. Chad talked to Christian Zachary, and he, qu- he says, quote, I've always been committed to the seven. It was up to other schools to make themselves the seven. However, they were unsuccessful. To those that know me and have learned through all my posts what I'm about, it should be pretty clear where I've chosen to continue my career in education. For everyone else, it will be revealed post haste. Yeah, I got—I don't know what that means. I got nothing, but I—I ha- I had to share that because Phenomenal. if we were making sometimes Chris and I talk about this. Hey, what was the strangest recruitment you've ever followed? I really sort of wish this guy had been considering <laughs> South Carolina because he would—he would probably have just jumped to the top of the list for the most interesting recruitment to follow ever and now i'm curious i don't you know i've had no reason to really follow him i think he had an early offer from south carolina right
0: he did he did he was a guy that we were tracking a little bit early on but not in the last you know several months or so we have not been
1: yeah so doesn't count as far as being one we followed but still just that's cool and now like i said i want to see where he ends up we shall find out all right, let's talk a little Carolina recruiting. I know, Chris, um, Segway, you had an insider report earlier this week about the latest on some guys. Is there anything everybody needs to know from that insider report that you want to, without giving away the farm, uh, that we can hit on here? Yeah, so, I mean, one is that uh, Brandon Jennings, a, a linebacker decommitted
0: from Florida State, someone that South Carolina is going to, you know, they've been trying to communicate with, you know, talk with, Someone close to Brandon who's familiar with that recruitment, that told me that um, it was still too early to know, you know, which school may end up being the school or, or you know, a school that's in the mix really heavily. Um, Chad Simmons, who's also covering Florida now too for Rivals.com, I believe he, he said today that the kid was going to decide sometime soon. So. Looks like he might be having an outright flip situation. If that was the case, I, w- I wouldn't anticipate South Carolina, but we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, another another thing was uh, there's a there's a current FSU commitment, Omari and Cooper at defensive back, who's been communicating a lot with South Carolina. Still technically committed to FSU, but he's really completely open. So that's a guy to watch for out of Florida. Um, te- one other note, I mentioned in the Insider Report that he, before he released the top six, but Tevin White, He's a four-star running back from Virginia actually put out a top six today and South Carolina was in it. Um, he actually drove through Columbia recently. Again, no ofi- official or unofficial visits are allowed to be made, but if a kid wants to drive through uh, campus and get out, walk around, not meet with anybody, they can do that. So Tevin White actually did that last weekend, and South Carolina's in his top six. so he's a, he's a four-star
1: rivals 250 guy, pretty pretty good player and a guy that seems like we'll be tracking going forward yeah you know, the interesting thing about again running backs right now, Chris is that I mean Carolina I would say is shooting for the fences yeah um with that class, and they're already in on a number of just really good looking players at the running back position Tevin White being one of them and tevin so he's from Virginia right so he's not he's not able to play right now, yeah, yep.
0: Uh, so seasons moved to spring up there. So
1: yeah, which will be interesting. But I mean, may, maybe we'll be able to get to some games that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten to. Um, guy, this this is a kid that I think does a little bit of everything for them. Obviously, you see right here playing some receiver and sort of versatile guy, speedy, really nice offer list already. Here you see him out of the backfield again. And someone I would say probably to at least keep an eye on for this class. I think he's Mm -hmm. still figuring things out. But has obviously if you're driving around going to different places on your own and Columbia makes that cut, that has to, Chris, be some symbol of some real interest, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. This is probably a guy that whenever recruiting is reopened, which, man, it's got to be at some point. I would anticipate this being a guy that they can get back on campus to have sort of a a more proper visit. He's also friends with, uh, not same school, I don't believe, but he's also friends with another back from Virginia in the 2023 class, uh, Ike Daniels, that South Carolina has offered. So probably going to be able to get both of those guys back on campus for more of a proper visit, you know, when the timing is right for that.
1: Yep. Uh, Travis, yeah, you're late, but if you uh, – as soon as we're off the air, man, you can always go back and watch the the rest of the show from uh, from the beginning. So, yeah, so that, that's some recruiting stuff. I think the uh, – I, I don't know. There's not really a whole heck of a lot else on recruiting right now. Um, they're still going at it, obviously. They're still recruiting, trying to finish off this class. But that's a good little update there. And no, Shane, I did not uh, drink myself silly last night watching the Braves. The Dodgers bats did wake up, but, hey, we're still up 2-1. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Baseball, everybody's freaking out, and I'm not going to go – I promise I'm not going to go all into this, but some people are freaking out about one. it's one game, y'all. And, yeah, it's 15-1, but that's fine. It restarts today. So we'll see. We just need Bryce Wilson to pitch well. Um, any new news on Jamar Brown? No, that's it's been very quiet. I, I know Chris. I asked you off the off the air yesterday if you'd heard anything. I I meant to check on that. I really haven't heard anything new on him either. Have you? Nothing new. I'm curious to see. I know Will Muschamp has said,
0: you know, that he won't. He's not really going to be discussing injuries going forward. But um, there have been a couple occasions where he's given a little bit about that. Um, on certain guys. And so I'm curious to see if at Carolina calls tonight during his call-in show, you know, maybe he runs down sort of the, you know, the state of the team in an opening statement or just at any other point in the show, is he going to say, Hey, we might get Jamar Brown back. Maybe he doesn't, maybe, you know, that's a something that he is fine with Auburn saying he, you know, just taking a guess on that, but I uh, haven't heard anything specific there. I do know, you know, South Carolina, They've been in okay shape from an injury standpoint, right? From the guys that we knew were going to be available. So, you know, aside from Jamar, people were wondering about Israel Makwamu. Um, Alex Huntley's another one that, uh, I believe is getting closer to returning. I don't know that it would be this weekend. Obviously, he'll have to get back up to speed, but was running around and stuff
1: like that last I heard. So, Craig asked about, um, the Hargrove kid. I, I guess you're talking about, uh, was to Travian Hargrove South Carolina had offered though. They were really, he was probably one of, I would say about four backs at four or five guys at one point that were, you would say most likely to take the two spots at the time. I have not heard his name come up, you know, since then since South Carolina. Now, do they reach back out? Do they stay in touch? I don't know. But again, I think, if they do take another running back, it's going to be a speed guy and it's going to be a like a can't miss type player. So we'll we'll see. I mean, you can't rule out that they may circle back around, but I think there are some greater needs positionally than running back for this class. So if you sort of look at the running back room for next year, you're in good shape. And it sort of allows you to go ahead and look ahead to 2022. And, And then I think, you know, there, there's some national guys, but then I, I look right in the backyard here with C.J. Stokes, man. That's a guy you want to add speed. And we've seen his recruitment take off a little bit. I think Stokes is someone that you want in your class if you're South Carolina. You can't let a guy that fast right in your backyard sort of pass by, in, in my opinion. So I, I think you you want C.J. Stokes in um, in your recruiting class. Let's see. Let's hit a couple more questions before we get out of here. Trey asked about the Battle Armor videos. Has South Carolina stopped doing them? Justin King responded on Twitter last week. Chris, do you remember exactly how he said it? He Basically, so they're, they're a little short-handed right now because I believe there's a hiring freeze and they've had some guys in the creative media department in-house, you know, at South Carolina that have left for other opportunities. So, they've been a little shorthanded. Justin said they would try, I believe, to to get them out each week, but I didn't really say for sure. He didn't promise it. Yeah. Yeah, he
0: said that's pretty much how he put it. They're they're down a few team members and, you know, had to make some tough decisions. Obviously, they've got a lot of different projects, and uh, those things are very time-consuming, so. I guess that's one of the things that they've had to cut, at least at times, you know, during this season. So we don't really know if there will be another one this year or, you know, or if it'll be each week or just every now and then or not at all. Don't have a great feel
1: or information about that. Yeah, and if anybody's curious, I can tell you black helmets, garnet jerseys, garnet pants. So if there is a video, I guess that ruins the reveal. But if you're curious, that's what they're wearing this week. Um. Here's a good question from WJM4. We've seen him on here before. How many points do you all think it's going to take to win this week?
0: It's a really good question. You know, I I don't think Auburn has the offensive firepower of, say, a Florida. If you don't play well, they're certainly capable of doing it. But um, we haven't seen that so far this year. So I think – What did Auburn score the first couple of games? I think against Kentucky it was, what, 29 points? Um, 29-13. 29-13, and Kentucky turned the ball over three times in that game, which was sort of their undoing. Against Arkansas, Auburn scored 30, you know.
1: With with a blocked punt in the end zone.
0: Yeah, right. So Auburn scored 23, you know. So I would say – If your offense can put up 27 points, you might feel pretty good about winning. I I think, you know, you could think of it similar to the Tennessee game, right? Like South Carolina, they they started out well in that game. They didn't do much for a while. And then the second half, they played much better. I think somewhere, you know, if, if you score 28 points, you should be in position to be able to win the game. If you score in the 30s, which would be great for this offense. That'd be a very positive development. Then I f- I would, if you tell me South Carolina is going to score 31, 34 points in the game, I'd probably say they win, right?
1: Mm-hmm. You feel Oh, really? God, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't think you have to score some certain amount, but I'd say 27, 28 points is going to give you a, a good chance of winning. Not that you have to do it.
1: Yeah. That's sort of where my head was at as well. For For some reason, y'all. I'm just envisioning 28 to 24 or somebody. Like, I think it's in that range, you know? And I I think Carolina's defense will probably play pretty well for the most part, but I also think Auburn's receivers at times are going to be able to to make some plays to spread the field, to create some explosives, which has been an issue. I, I don't take a whole lot away from Carolina's secondary playing better against Vandy because I think it's more of a matchup thing about the fact Vandy's just not very good offensively right now. So for me, they got to go show it against a much better Auburn receiving group, you know, which, well, you know, we'll see if they can. Uh, Certainly there is the talent there to do it. Uh, What's up Prentice? Uh, Prentice is the father of Nemo Squire, running back recruit there at Dillon. Let's see, we got one more question. I want actually two more. Um, does the Auburn secondary – God, I lost it. Anyway, it was basically the Auburn secondary, are they good enough to be able to lock down South Carolina's receivers or is there enough of a weakness there for the receivers other than shy to be able to get some separation? You know, I think that that's an unanswered question, no matter what the opponent is for South Carolina. I think it's more about them than it is about the opponent. But I was slightly encouraged, Chris, by what we saw from Xavier Leggett. And I'm I'm curious to see if the carry-on joiner can build off of what he did on that long run. Now I still think there's a difference between getting open and making plays in the passing game there, there is running down the sideline, on a running play. So I, I still think there there are some questions there as well. But um, Auburn's DBs, from what I've read, what I've seen, are solid. They're good SEC players. They get some guys back, but they're not locked down. You have no shot type secondary either. Is that fair to say, Chris? Yeah,
0: I don't think it's going to be the best group that South has played. You know, but I would still answer the question by saying. You know, right now, Shai is the guy who's proven he can get separation, at least on a consistent basis. So I'd say no matter the opponent. um, It's not like South Carolina was out there just blowing by Vandy, just getting... They had some guys wide open at times, but sometimes it was Nick Muse because of how they schemed it or the routes he ran. It's not like they were just open all day, left and right, throwing for 300 yards against Vanderbilt. So I would still say it doesn't even have as much to do with the opponent, right? It's just South Carolina's got to do a little bit better in that department too. So um, if they can play better, I don't think Auburn is say Georgia in the secondary. I I think there's, there is potential for them to exploit Auburn back there, particularly if Auburn's not getting a good pass rush, right? Which is a question for them,
1: but aside from shy, it is still a question mark about who can get separation. And Toby says, how do you see the offensive line shaping up against Auburn? Defensive front, do you think they will get a push? I think this is actually a matchup that South Carolina can win. If you look at what especially South Con has done in the running game as the season has progressed, you look at some of the issues Auburn has had. Now, Carolina's had issues protecting the quarterback at times, but Auburn has had issues getting to the quarterback. So um, there's sort of a weakness on weakness there which can go either way a lot of times. I feel there there will be some sacks in this game. South Carolina has their share, especially third and longs, of sort of where they're getting beat by athleticism, I think. But like we talked about earlier, that, that's a key to this game is Carolina wearing Auburn down up front. And I, I think that's something they, they probably can do. Final question from uh, Ryan Patterson. He actually had this on our Insiders Forum, Chris, and had tagged me. I think you're better to answer this one because I haven't paid as much attention to the guys that Auburn gets back because it's a long list, at least are expected back. And I don't know how Auburn does their injuries. Like if if they say they're back or expected back, does that mean they're definitely back? Does that mean, you know, we'll, we'll see how many of those guys are true. Ryan's question was of the guys that are expected back. How many of them are like difference makers and guys Auburn was really counted on counting on versus sort of being kids that are just more depth or playing, but not necessarily big play guys. Yeah, so I think that there's two main
0: ones. The the two main ones that everybody really needs to know are Jalen Simpson at corner, big cat Bryan at defensive end. Both of those guys are starters, and so they got to practice back to practice Sunday, I think, for Auburn. So that's a couple guys. They were also missing um, a couple of guys in the secondary, Jordan Peters, who's um, a really good special teams player for them, and he's a backup at safety. Marco Domio is another guy that thinking about they're getting back. Uh, Austin Troxel, well, he was a guy that was going to start the Arkansas game, and he got banged up in practice that week. But as long he was expected back at practice, we haven't heard for sure like how much he's done, what his health level is. But if he is available for the game, then he could be a starter. Um, along the
1: offensive line. So that may be an, another guy back for them. And, I mean, dude, they got a kid named Big Cat Bryant. Like, that's yeah. that's all name. This Auburn team, like, Big Cat Bryant was born to play at Auburn, I feel like. Like, that's yeah, the – right. Yeah. that That's his official name on the roster, right? Yeah, it is. It is. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right, y'all. So, like <laughs> I said – We're hoping to have uh, SEC Stat Cat and those guys on tomorrow. Otherwise, we will be just chatting about the game, final thoughts. So y'all bring it. Think of your final questions. And what are we thinking tomorrow, Chris? Two? Yeah, I'm thinking two is probably going to be the move. All right, so probably 2 o'clock. We will see y'all then. For Chris, I'm Wes. Uh, Hope y'all have a great one. See y'all. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music.